Episode 56, Genesis 18, verses 16 to 33, Proclaiming Righteousness. In the first verses of chapter 18, the Lord appeared with two others and ate at Abraham's tent and then confirmed what he had already been told, that Sarah would have a son and he will be born within the next year. Now that this meeting has ended, we come to this episode's verses. Then the men got up to leave and started out towards Sodom. Abraham walked along with them a short time to send them on their way. As they rise, it says that they looked toward Sodom. This is stated to show Abraham and us that judgment is coming. The very last words spoken about Sodom in chapter 13 were, but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Because of their wickedness, and the fact that they weren't wiped out by the invading armies in chapter 14, the Lord will now have to act personally. What isn't accomplished by the hands of man will now be tended to by the Lord. Verse 17, the Lord said, Should I tell Abraham what I am going to do now? Abraham's children will certainly become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. This type of question is found throughout the Bible and is commonly spoken by us today. It is rhetorical, and it is a way of getting us to think through the issue at hand. Abraham is identified as a prophet in Genesis 20, and so this is to be taken as a rhetorical question. He is a prophet of God, and a part of the Lord's plan for bringing in the Messiah. He will become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And so the Lord includes him in what's coming. Verse 19. I have chosen him so he would command his children and his descendants to live the way the Lord wants them to. I did this so they would live right and be fair. Then I, the Lord, will give Abraham what I promised him. The Lord personally chose Abraham to be the father of all the people of God, both physically and spiritually. By showing him what he is about to do, the Lord is instructing him in the severity of keeping the way of the Lord and in doing what is right and just. He is going to use the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah as an object lesson of what it means to turn away from these things. It will be a permanent memorial concerning the punishments which come from violating the righteousness of God. It will also serve as an eternal reminder to God's people about the fate of those who are ungodly. It has been 25 years since Abraham entered Canaan, and the people of Sodom were already there and known for their wickedness at that time. He was told earlier that he couldn't possess the land of Canaan because the wickedness of the Amorites hadn't yet reached its full measure, and that it wouldn't do so for 430 years. However, the destruction of Sodom was coming because it had God's patience with this particular group of people had ended. Two things are happening at once. The first is the Lord revealing his intended actions to an upright person, and at the same time showing him why he is taking the actions in the first place. Verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have heard many things against the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. They are very evil. What is the sin of Sodom? Pretty much everyone but Sodomites agrees on what it is. But the Bible is clear on it. It also involves 
according to Ezekiel, gluttony, laziness, and an unwillingness to help others in need. These are the grave sins for which the outcry is made. Verse 21. So I will go down and see if they are as bad as I have heard. It is as if he's stepping off his throne, even in the presence of Abraham, to make his determination. And this has nothing to do with whether he already knew the situation of Sodom or not. He did. This act of justice is for the sake of Abraham and is a lesson of instruction for judges of the future. We are to personally inspect a situation to determine the matter before judgment and not go by word alone. The Lord has set the example in judicial proceedings. Verse 22. So the men turned and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood there before the Lord. Then Abraham approached the Lord. Abraham asked, Lord, do you plan to destroy the good persons along with the evil persons? The result of what is coming is inevitable, and Abraham seems to know it. The two men who were with the Lord have turned towards Sodom and will carry out the sentence. He's already been there and he knows the wickedness of the place. Abraham approached the Lord. This is a defining moment in the Bible because it is the Bible's first hint of a prayer to the Lord. Abraham speaks to the Lord as if he were a freeborn son in the house, openly and frankly, and he will continue to do so through the entire conversation, and yet he will do it with an air of humility. The book of Hebrews says this to the believer when speaking out our interactions with the Lord. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help him in time of need. Hebrews 4 verse 16. It is an admonition to every believer that we should have the confidence to enter the throne of God's grace in our time of need. But we need to be on our face once we get there. Abraham's boldness mixed with humility is the appropriate measure of how we too should conduct our affairs in the presence of the Lord. Listen now as he speaks to his creator. Verse 24. What if there are 50 good people in that city? Will you still destroy it? Surely you will save the city for 50 good people living there. There is one thing lacking in Abraham's understanding of the pending judgment. Apart from imputed righteousness, there is none righteous. No, not one. Abraham may be making a plea based on a faulty premise. Man is fallen and inherently unrighteous, and therefore whatever judgment falls on Sodom is deserved. Verse 25. Surely you will not destroy the good people along with the evil people. Then the good people and the evil people will be treated the same. You are the judge of all the earth. Won't you do what is right? Then the Lord said, If I find fifty good people in the city of Sodom, I will save the whole city because of them. Then Abraham said, I am only dust and ashes, yet I have been brave to speak to the Lord. What if there are only forty-five good people in the city? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five good people? The Lord said, If I find forty-five good people there, I will not destroy the city. Again Abraham said to the Lord, If you only find forty good people there, will you destroy the city? The Lord said, If I find forty good people, I will not destroy the city. Then Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. Let me ask you this. If you find only thirty good people in the city, Will you destroy it? 
The Lord said, If I find thirty good people there, I will not destroy the city. Then Abraham said, I have been brave to speak to the Lord, but what if there are twenty good people in the city? The Lord answered, If I find twenty good people there, I will not destroy the city. Then Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. Let me bother you this one last time. What if you find ten good people there? The Lord said, If I find ten good people there, I will not destroy it. Six times Abraham pleads with the Lord, and six times he sees the consequence of being a faithless witness for the Lord. These cities stand in the face of destruction because one man failed to open his mouth and speak out. Are you willing to go to heaven while those around you are destined for hell? There really is an eternal consequence for your lack of witness. As Matthew Henry says to you, though sin is to be hated, sinners are to be pitied and prayed for. God delights not in their death, nor should we desire but deprecate the woeful day. We need to witness and pray that they may be saved. Verse 33. When the Lord finished speaking to Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. We all have questions of the Lord, and almost always the answers are found in the pages of the Bible. When they're not, Abraham and others have been used as examples of how to interact with him and what is and isn't appropriate in our dealings with him. When things are troubling us, we have a right to question the Lord about what is happening and how it will be handled. But in the end, we need to remember that he is God and we are man. Abraham trusted that what the Lord determined was ultimately right and just. His decisions concerning a matter are infinitely wiser than our hopes about it. And so let's remember to trust his decisions and his counsel as a just and righteous judge. Jesus is our mediator and advocate. So explain this good news to the lost around you and may the praises of God be magnified by those who are considered to be godly, not by our own actions, but by a righteousness that has been declared for us the moment that we put our faith in Jesus. Hallelujah and Amen.